Welcome to the A World of Difference podcast. I'm your hostess, Lori Adams-Brown, and you're listening to episode 17. I want to tell you about Anchor because it's what I use to record these podcasts. Why do I use it? Number one, it's free. Number two, it's simple. I don't have a lot of tech skills, but I don't need to because Anchor does a lot of the work for you. And as you know, many of you who know, I'm a career woman. I do this as a hobby on the side in my free time, and I love my kids and my family, and I don't want it to take more time than it needs to. (laughs) So thank you, Anchor, for that. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And so they also distribute it for you anywhere you hear podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the different ones. You can make money from it if you choose to with no minimum listenership. And it's got everything you need to make the podcast in one place. So I would encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today we're starting our Faith and Work series. I'm really glad that you joined us. It's an important time to have a conversation like this as if we ever needed a more important time. But as we look at our world today, we realize that a lot of people have work that they're doing, different careers they're involved in. And, you know, some people have this idea that Only particular people get special callings for special things. We also sometimes have the idea that the sacred and the secular are completely separate when it comes to what you might be called to do. But for this series, I'm going to invite several different people in to speak to this whole conversation about faith and work. We're going to talk about things like what does it mean to be a person of faith at work, how that affects work, what does it look like to have kind, listening, respectful Uh, engaging conversations about our faith with people who believe very differently from us when we're at work, whether it's over Zoom or in person or whatever that looks like. We're just going to talk to people of different careers, and it's going to be really exciting. My guests today are two women who are smart. They are just doing amazing work in their respective careers. They happen to be roommates, and they're just wonderful women leaders here in the Bay Area in this whole idea of faith at work because I've gotten to know them, and I know that their faith not only impacts their lives in general, but it affects how they are at work and the kind of people that that show up at work. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is one of the things that's really important to me is that we bring our whole authentic selves to whatever space we're in, whether that's our work, our families, our places of in our faith community, in our neighborhoods. It can be really hard to show all the different sides of ourselves. In fact, that's a very vulnerable space, but it's one of the spaces I wanted us to explore in this series. So today, my guests are Victoria Fischel and Megan Havercorn. Megan is at Google, and she's worked there for a little while, and um, she'll talk about what she does a little more as we um, go into the interview. She's early on in her career, um, so is Victoria, who's her roommate, uh, who is a an oncology nurse at one of the hospitals here in the Bay Area, and we all know that during COVID, we have really had so much more appreciation for all of our medical professionals, and especially the nurses who just day in and day out just give just so much. And we pause just now to even recognize how many of them are so tired in this third wave of the COVID pandemic in the United States right now. And it's tough. People are, um, 
or we're having a really hard time managing the stress of what it looks like. I, I don't even know how that happens. My mom is a nurse. Um, she also was director of water health for the state of New Mexico for a while. So medical professional life is something I'm aware of just being the daughter of one. And I just, I know how hard it can be just from that perspective of just trying to keep it, to keep it together yourself, much less be with a family and, and just the things that people are facing over and over again. I mean, I know that there's some pretty famous things that have gone around here during the coronavirus time. I know in El Paso, there was a nurse that recently quit just seeing so much death every day and trying to help people survive and just the frantic pace of what's been going on and just the lack of breaks right now for people because around the U.S. we're not able to send as many people to other parts because everywhere is kind of blowing up with COVID right now and so it's just a reminder to pause and remember all the people that we rely on in our society to keep us healthy. You know, when we pray to God for healing, a lot of the ways that he answers is to send people like Victoria nurses and, and doctors and other medical professionals who help us stay alive and help us thrive and help us come through this. And so it's just a, another reason to pause and pray for our medical professionals around the world right now who are really getting hit hard. Victoria works in oncology, so she's not necessarily been hit, but I think all the medical professionals right now are just facing extra layers of stress. And uh, let's just take a minute to just be thankful and grateful as we enter into this Thanksgiving week. It's just really an opportunity to to say thank you to God for answering our prayers in the form of bringing us people in the workspace that take care of us. When we pray for food to eat, we know there's people that make food for us or that farm or the people at the grocery store chains that really are exposing themselves over and over again to the virus so that we can have food. There's just a lot of people in our society that we rely on to, to make it through this together. So this Thanksgiving week, it's just another opportunity to be grateful. If you hear my teeth chattering, it's because my family is taking the week off to be grateful as well. We're in Bend, Oregon. I'm staring at some gorgeous snowy mountains right now. Um, but it is just a chance, even as I think about this faith and work conversation today, just to, you know, part of being a person who works is to know what it means to rest and to take time off. So we're celebrating my twins turning into teenagers. We call them quarantines, which is super cheesy. Um, They're turning into teenagers on Thanksgiving Day, which is another reminder to me to be grateful for two babies that were born healthy. And that even though it's challenging to raise teenagers, now we'll have three of them in our house during quarantine. You can pray for us. (laughs) It's another reminder that We can be grateful for the things that we have for health, for family, for whatever you have during this Thanksgiving week. Also, I'm just reminded of, um, even as I stand on this land, that there was a history here that, that precedes me way, way, way beyond. And there are several Native American tribes in this area in Bend, Oregon, that my family has been reading up on this week just as a way to honor them to honor that um, people lived here for a long time before us and and cared for this land and protected it and stewarded it. And as we pause on this Thanksgiving to recognize that it is a complicated history and we don't want to shy away from any of the hard conversations around that. So my family will be talking about some difficult things once again this year. We've talked about it for years with our kids around Thanksgiving, but as they're all three teenagers now, we dig a little deeper as they get older into some of the things that are harder to talk about when they're five. And just as a way we can learn from history and not repeat it and just do our best to be the kind of people that are not only grateful for what we have now, um, but are also grateful for the fact that we can learn the truth 
And then in learning the truth, we can do a better job of honoring the indigenous peoples around us, of, of listening to their voices and learning from some of the things that they have to teach us even today, even throughout the difficult history. And if you want more information about what it means to do that a little bit, I dug into it somewhat on um, Indigenous Peoples Day back for earlier in this podcast around October 12th. Um, we dug into that a little bit. But just today, for all of you who are in the U.S. Uh, or around the world and are U.S. citizens and celebrating Thanksgiving today, I just encourage you to look up the the Native American tribe uh, where you are currently on this Thanksgiving day, or maybe if you're overseas, look up the Native American tribe of the place that you call home and just learn more about them as a way to honor them and their culture and see if there's something you can take away this, uh, this Thanksgiving time as a way to pray for that people and pray that we would do better at uh, not just assimilating them into the broader culture, but of celebrating who they are and learning and listening as well from the long history they have to teach us. So as we step into this faith and work conversation today, I just want to say thank you to all of you who are working hard during this Thanksgiving week, still working, especially on Thanksgiving Day, which is a holiday for most of us, but not for everyone, for all the nurses and doctors who are working, for all the people at Google who keep that machine running, (laughs) and a special welcome to Victoria and Megan for this podcast today. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome to the show, Victoria and Megan. I'm so glad you could join us today. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I want to give you guys a chance to introduce yourselves. I know that um, you've known each other for a long time, but you're new to my listeners. And I'd love for you to tell us what your name is and what you do here um, in the Silicon Valley. And then also uh, kind of where you grew up. I can go first. So my name is Megan Haberkorn. I work for Google right now. I work in the staffing department. So on the kind of hiring side of things and hiring logistics, I moved to the Bay Area almost three years ago. I moved from Texas. So I grew up outside of Houston, North Houston, and I went to school in Abilene, kind of west of Dallas. So all Texas before this and then out to California for work. Uh, Yeah, I also, I'm sorry, my name is Victoria Fischel. I also grew up in Houston, um, moved to the Bay Area about two years ago. I went to school an hour north of Austin, and now I work as a nurse in a local hospital. I work in their medical surgical oncology department. Awesome. Well, um, you know, this series, it's about faith and work. So a lot of people separate their work from their faith. Um, and they kind of, you know, maybe they're different religions. They might be Christian, they might be Muslim or Hindu. And, and here in the Silicon Valley, sometimes even having conversations about our faith, whatever our religion is, can feel a lot kind of awkward for a lot of people. Um, so kind of some people just keep that whole part of their lives very separate from their work. Um, but here on this series, we're trying to talk about like how your faith impacts your work. And I know that's in process for a lot of people, but I think of you both as um, women who are pressing into that and growing in that area and um, are actually even leaders in that area of what it could look like for people. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about just going back way back. um, Where was 
the time in your life, and maybe that was a process for you, where you really felt this was the career you wanted to go into. And, you know, career and assignment can look a little different, but when it came to the idea of what you felt like you were gifted at and what, you know, God wanted to do through you and your life career-wise, uh, when did you kind of start to know that? Um, I can go first. I, growing up, always found like the human body really fascinating. And so I kind of waffled back and forth between whether I wanted to do like a doctor or PA school, nurse practitioner, or just nursing. And so it was kind of a wild, I wouldn't say wild, that's I think a little extreme, but it was definitely a mild ride. Yes, a mild ride, (laughs) deciding exactly what that would look like. But I eventually settled on nursing because it was something that I could like, I could work as a nurse right after college, but if I wanted to go back and get my nurse practitioner or continue my education some other way, I still could. Um, And I'm really glad that I made that decision. I have, yeah, I enjoy like the hands-on part of it. I really like the, like the information that I have to learn in order to be good at my job, I find really interesting. And so that's kind of how I landed where I'm at. Um, I did not have that path, I would say. Um, I majored in business management with a focus on entrepreneurship and philanthropy. And I think that my interest in like the entrepreneurial mindset started probably from pretty young. I have some entrepreneurs in my family that definitely influenced me. Um, and so I think that that was kind of there. And that was one of the reasons I picked the major and route that I did, but then specifically going into staffing was just kind of a like weird opportunity that arose senior year of college. And as many like recent grads probably know, senior year of college, you're like, you know what kind of job I want? One that pays me. So um, it worked out like really well that this is an area I got to be in. And it got to be with a company that so much values the entrepreneurial like spirit and mindset. So it's been interesting to see the ways that I can incorporate things that interested me, both like learning them in school and getting to practice them in school and before school or before college and after um, getting to like incorporate them into my job at a larger company has been interesting. So I would say more fell into it than like planned it exactly this way. Yeah, it doesn't always happen the same way for everyone. And um, both of you ladies are still young. There's a lot of, um, you know, things that might change going forward in terms of your career, but it's always good to see that people are using their gifts and experiences with whatever stage of life they're in and how God can orchestrate that in people's lives. So the next question I have is, how would you say that your faith impacts your work? Do you think it makes you um, work in a different way than maybe somebody who doesn't believe in God at all? What role do you think um, maybe your prayer life or um, your knowledge of what how God has made us and all those things, what role does it play and how you do your work? I can jump in first. Um, I think for me personally, one of the ways it plays in the word that was coming to my mind as you were saying that was integrity. And I don't think that that means that people that don't share my faith work with integrity. I think they certainly do, but that's like where my drive for the like need and desire and passion for integrity in your work comes from. And that is both in the ways that you interact with others, like being a hard worker who keeps deadlines that they commit to and also the ways that you lift others up and work and the ways that you create space for them to be a part of meetings and the way that you value their opinions. I think that all of those things, the reason that they matter to me are very in line with my faith because I think that 
human life is valuable and I think that people matter and I think that they're like the diversity of opinion is something that is God created and it's cool to get to have it work so I think that the like driving factor for why I appreciate all those things comes from my faith um, and specifically prayer life I think that one of the ways so I'm pretty fortunate that at Google they actually have an internal um, like Christian network so sometimes they'll do prayer events where it'll be like a, during a lunch hour or something, they're going to hold a prayer. So sometimes it's very um, intentional and very active like that. And then sometimes it's more of the opportunity of just grabbing coffee with a friend or having a virtual chat these days with a friend who's talking about something they're going through and getting the opportunity to say like, in my faith, something that I practice a lot is prayer. Do you mind if I pray for you or now or later? Sometimes is better for them, but you know, just yeah. offer to be in prayer about something. Love it. That's awesome. What about you, Victoria? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, so for my faith and my work, I feel like there's my interaction with my coworkers is one side of that. And then the interaction with the patients is the other side of it. I find that the patients are usually a little bit more, I guess they're just a little easier to bring that in because they're in a more, I guess, vulnerable position that they're looking for some form of hope. Um, and I, I think only one time have offered to pray for somebody who said no, almost every time if I feel like, and honestly, I probably should do it more. Um, but every time I feel like, oh, they're like sharing this with me, or they really seem to be struggling with this, I feel like I should pray for them. And they almost always say like, yes, you can pray for me. And so even if they have literally just finished telling me, I don't believe in God. And I think that people who hold on to that are you know, foolish or just wishful thinking. And I was like, well, actually I believe in God. Would you like it if I prayed for you? Fully expecting him to be like, no, I just told you that I think you're dumb. He was like, yeah, actually, I think that would make me feel better. And so I was like, okay, you know? So it's like, if you try at all, you can almost always get, at least in my experience, an opportunity to share your faith and pray for your patients. Um, with my coworkers, it's a little harder. Um, we don't always have downtime at the same time. Like we take our lunch breaks staggered, right? So that somebody else can watch our patients and it just kind of gets busy. So we don't have a lot of time to sit and have long conversations. So that's something that I like struggle with and really pray about like, how do I share my faith with my coworkers in a way that's not like a five second elevator pitch, you know, like I mm -hmm. want it to be more of a relational situation, but I find myself even struggling to make deep relationships at work because I just don't find myself having the time. Um, but I do find that when I've prayed about opportunities and asked other people to pray for them for me, that they have presented themselves. Um, like I was actually talking to you, Lori, about this one time about wanting to be able to share my faith at work. And then like the next day or the next couple of days, my manager asked me, she was like, Hey, I know you go to church. What church do you go to? Cause I've been looking for a church for my kids. This was right before COVID hit. So I don't think she ever, <laughs> but I was able to tell her like, yeah, this is where I go. This is what they have for students. You know, if you're interested, I like, it comes up sometimes because of scheduling requests. I'll be like, Hey, can I have this Saturday off? Cause I'm leading a retreat or can I have, you know, this or that. So, um, there, yeah, I think the more I pray about opportunities, the more they come up but it isn't something that I don't want to come here and be like, I'm so good at sharing my faith at work because it's still something that I have to like really work at and still find myself like, Oh yeah, I forgot to think about that today. I was too busy, you know? Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. Cause this is such a journey. Right. And um, 
I think so much of Silicon Valley is such a busy culture. I'm sure life at Google is very busy. I'm sure life in a hospital these days is very busy. And um, it can be really a challenge for so many of us, whatever our jobs are to, in the busyness, to be mindful of, of who God is in that moment. Um, and yeah, I think that some of those things feel almost unattainable in our culture and in our time. And so I don't know, I'd be curious to know, are there any kind of spiritual practices that you have found helpful just to be mindful of what God's doing with you at work? Is it still in process for you? Are there any things that have worked or not worked? Because I'm sure there's people listening that are kind of looking for um, anything that can help them be more aware of who God is calling them to be in their job. We can like ping pong if you yeah. want, because the first I mean, one that came to mind for me was there's a, there's a practice when it comes to interpersonal communication and like conflict resolution that people talk about in the corporate or non-corporate world, really any kind of interpersonal relationship, but they talk about um, not speaking in a heated moment, like not speaking out of anger. And so one thing that I think is interesting is sometimes how biblical practices align to things that are already like pretty active in our society. So I have found it beneficial if maybe there is a like conflict at work or if there's feedback I'm going to deliver to someone, um, then kind of in that time where they're saying like, you take a step back, you count to, you know, six or whatever that is. I usually use that time to pray to say like, let these words that I'm about to say land the way that they ought to and like help me to choose my words carefully. And so I kind of bake those two things together. Like I try to use that, that quick break to invite God into that moment because we don't always say the right words at the right time. So I'd much rather like the spirit guiding what I'm about to say than whatever I think is best. So that's one. That's yeah. Um, I think for me again, <clears throat> and maybe I shouldn't be separating it so much into like patients and coworkers, but it does feel like two separate categories just because my interactions with them is such like, it's such a different thing. Um, but yeah, with patients, something that I, I feel like God put on my heart a few years ago and I don't think of it every single day, but I try to is, um, the verse when he says like, whatever you did for the least of these you did for me. And so thinking like, even when they're difficult and even when they're like demanding and even when they're unreasonable, like the way that, like, how would I treat it if it was Jesus in that hospital bed? Mm -hmm. um, and so again, I don't want to sound like I think of it every time <laughs> I work and I'm so good at it because I'm not, but I think, Yet. right. Yeah. Right. That's something that I'm working towards. And right. it's like a good reminder because it can be hard to be like kind and compassionate and patient when they are, you know, like at one hand, they're going through something so difficult that I have likely never been through. And so it's like, I don't have that empathy for them because I just don't know what their situation is like. But then there's other times where it's just like, you're yelling at me for something that's not my fault. And I feel like a glorified waitress right now. <laughs> and so like, how do I like combine those things and be like as good to them as I would be if I was actually caring for the Lord? Because if I'm doing everything as unto the Lord, then I am. Um, so yeah, that's one way that I like try to implement sharing my faith with my patients, even when I'm not actually talking to them about it. I think another one that I was thinking about as you were talking is related to the, so this idea of like, how much of your personal life do you bring to work, you know, and how much should those two things be integrated? And so I think that that really is still something that it's good to let the other person dictate like the extent to which that is true, but something for my coworkers that I try to be intentional about, especially if I'm the one like leading the meeting or I set up the quick chat or whatever it is, 
to be intentional about creating space for that too, if they want it, like knowing, you know, how their day's going, how their week's going and intentionally like leaving that space for it. Because I think that those tend to be the spaces where more of the vulnerability or like the struggles or the difficulties tend to come out, you know, when people are really given the space for it. And I think it also shows, like you were saying earlier, that having that reputation or that expectation of saying, I want to know, I like, I want to support you in your work, because obviously that matters to both of us. But I also want you to know that I'm here for whatever else might arise today or tomorrow or last month or whatever it is. Because I think that we're not as good at leaving that as home as we think we are. So especially during COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so true. I, I, I listen to you guys talking. I just think, you know, how unique each of your workspaces are, but how so much is still in common that each of us has to, um, you know, rely on the Holy Spirit for those of us who follow Jesus to help us to say things we want to say. Um, you know, every religion kind of, you know, does that differently. Maybe it's more of just like a personal discipline that people find, but for for those of us who follow Jesus, we, we believe the Holy Spirit can empower us to say words that aren't even our own um, in those moments. And it is a powerful thing to bring that into the workplace, um, especially at a time where, at least in the United States right now, it feels like um, being able to talk to anybody however you want has been a, a little bit unleashed, um, especially in the last four to five years. Um, so just even more so how we treat one another and just basic kindness can be sometimes really hard um, in this generation to do. And, you know, COVID only made it harder because we're all not our best selves. (laughs) We're all tired, um, weary, wishing this would be over. And and yet we have to bring that particular self to work, whoever we are, whether we follow Jesus or Buddha or Muhammad or whatever we believe, that's the person that's showing up, um, the flawed human beings that we all are. And, And so, yeah, I think that anytime we show kindness, it gives an opportunity for grace to, to live there and for peace to have an opportunity to show up. And um, yeah, I think if, if anything, remembering we're treating people as if we're, we're dealing with Jesus is such an important thing to remember. And then, you know, um, remembering that we, we need God to help us, whatever our job is, right? We don't have all that it takes to do everything that's required of us, especially in this season. So I, I want to move on to like, um, both of you are a part of Echo Church, um, which is how I met you. <laughs> and you're also roommates. And I know that you guys are really encouraged for one another. Um, but how has your faith community um, encouraged you to be um, a better follower of God? Um, it may be especially during the season, but um, how has that been encouraging for you to be around other, even young professionals who are working in different jobs? And how has that sharpened you to be more of the person you want to be showing up at work? I think it's particularly helpful. So particularly like now during COVID, but um, most of my family and like Victoria's family aren't in the area. And so a lot of our, that like kind of family aspect is coming to us through our friends, I would say. I won't speak for you. You can disagree. Yeah, you know, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so it is interesting for your, for somebody that is that close knit. I'm thinking specifically of like our um, small group that we're a part of through church, but a group that's, that is that close knit and also at similar life stages. So when we're looking specifically at like all very active in the workforce and all relatively new to the workforce, you know, not 
a few years in, probably five or so. And so this, um, this ability to like have an open space to share about struggles or learnings or things that you're working on and be conveying that to other people who are doing the same things. Cause it's very, like, it's all very relevant. And so it's all very timely. I usually find that if there is something that I'm thinking, like, this has been on my mind at work, that is not a silo for me. Like I'm not the only person who's felt or thought that in the Bay area. Mm -hmm. And so it's helpful to kind of have that sounding board of people who are in a similar situation, but then looking at the faith community speaking as the whole church, I think it's also really helpful to have people in different life phases also speaking into that. So like pastor Andy from the stage on Sunday and saying things that from a like different perspective, from a different career, as well as like a different generation is really helpful to get those different perspectives on like, here's what you might be feeling right now, but here's what perspective can bring to that. Um, so I think that's one way that it's really impacted me. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's, um, there's like something really validating about like sharing, like this is who I'm trying to share my faith with and it's been harder. This is the questions that people are giving me and I don't have answers for them, you know? And so it's nice to have, you know, just a sounding board of people who will both say like, yes, that's it. This is really hard. Um, because like that, you don't need to feel like you're doing a bad job because it's difficult for you. Like it is difficult, but then also like, it's definitely worth doing. And so like, we encourage you in that and we pray for you in that and we want to support you in that. And so it's nice to have like a community of brothers and sisters in Christ who will like link arms with you and move forward together um but then like Megan was saying also like generationally having people who have walked it you know <clears throat> a few years ahead of you and say like yes look at all that God has done look at his faithfulness and so you can kind of use that as like another reminder that he is good and that he's better than like the other things that you might be tempted to choose that's awesome what particular spaces within ECHO, because we have a lot of small different things, and I know you two are each leading in different areas, which areas have you um, really enjoyed leading out in, and then maybe other areas where you felt like you just enjoyed being in the group as well? Um, I currently am leading out in Alpha, um, which is our group for where people who of any walk of either faith or not faith can come and just ask questions and talk about you know, big life topics. And that has been really enjoyable for me because I've gotten to meet people who I probably wouldn't have shared the gospel with otherwise or wouldn't have been good friends with otherwise. Um, and our relationships have continued past them just being an alpha. And so it's been really encouraging for me to see the way that God moves. Um, and just, yeah, I feel like it's really grown me in my ability to be friends with people who are different from me and my ability to share my faith and um, understand why I believe the things that I believe. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, in terms of just attending, um, like Megan said, we're in a small group of um, a, like similar life stage people um, that I just attend. And it's really nice to just be able to show up and like talk to your friends and be like, this is what my week has been like. Um, so it's nice to have both a place where I like am leading and serving, but then also a place to just kind of be myself. That's awesome. Yeah, but jumping off of the small group that she's talking about, that's one of the areas that I lead in. So I lead a small group, um, that is focused kind of on the apologetic side of the faith, which has been really 
interesting, I think, in the Bay Area because it's kind of a different, the makeup of what the um, the region looks like is pretty different from Texas where I was raised. And so it's it's been really cool to get to create a space for people who are, you know, already on board. They're like, yeah, we're into this faith thing, but we want to really um, study it and we want to have these resources to be able to talk to other people and understand how like to be productive in those conversations and respectful and um, and like knowledgeable in those conversations. And so that's been a really exciting and challenging group for me, of course, because we all get to learn a lot of like new and difficult things together. Um, and then kind of the, almost the opposite of that, I also lead out in the baptism team, which is really exciting for me because it's cool to get to experience that step in like a very new believers journey or not so new in some cases, but frequently it's in a new believers journey in their faith and getting to be there with that day of celebration with them and kind of get to relive your own or think back to what it was like when this was so fresh and new, because I think the speaking for myself personally, I've been a Christian a really long time since I was very young. And I think it can be, um, as, as unfortunate as it is to say, sometimes it can feel like regular or normal or even old. And so it's kind of like, yeah, this is, this is nothing new. This is nothing special, but getting to be a part of that specific day with new believers is always really exciting because it's like awakens it afresh in you too while you're getting to celebrate with other people so kind of the newer christian side of things and then the maybe been around the faith a bit longer but both i don't know both give such value in such different ways it's kind of interesting how like no matter where a person is in their faith you can learn from them no matter where you are in your faith <laughs> so that's so true i i think that's a great perspective and speaking of learning from people, I would love for you guys to speak to maybe the person listening who's just looking for advice. Maybe they are trying to bring their faith to work, but they don't know how, and they've been very quiet about it. They don't even really necessarily um, think about God at all during their work day. It's more something they think about on the weekend or during their off time. And so what advice would you have for somebody who's just trying to get started on what it looks like to bring their whole self to work, including their faith? Um, I, I would say the biggest thing is like, if you're in the word and you're praying about it, it is unlikely that God will not give you opportunities mm. to do it. Um, mm. Also, I, it might seem a little backwards at the beginning, but I think if you make it more about them than about you, like if you walk into it thinking like, what does this person need? Like, how can I be a good friend to them? Like, how can I love them personally? Um, then that will mean more to them than if you're walking in thinking like, okay, how can I sell them on this Jesus thing? Um, <laughs> because one, that's just not as sustainable because if they say no, then you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm done. But if you walk in thinking like, okay, how can I love them and just like be a good friend to them at work? And like, God will give you ways that that looks like God will give you ways to do that practically. And like, it might not mean that you get to share your faith with them today. Um, but sometimes it does, but sometimes it takes more than one like lunch break to just be like, Hey, we're going to be best friends at the end of this. And I'm going to share my faith with you, you know, but if you have the space for that, like if you plan on being at your job for longer than like two weeks, then you probably do have the longevity to, you know, let God take his time. Mm -hmm. That's good. 
one that I'm thinking of, if you have, if you're in a profession where you have kind of the flexibility for it, I think something really simple that I've done in the past, and I've actually done off and on in the past, um, is I will sometimes add a block to my calendar every day, like a 10, 15 minute block, sometimes in the middle of the day or in the afternoon, a time when I know is usually like slower. So maybe over my lunch break, where I'll just add a reminder to my calendar to spend some time in prayer. And I think that that is really, it's, it's amazing how much I've found that to impact my perspective throughout the day, because it's easy as things get busy for God to take a back seat, whether that's intentional or not, you're not necessarily trying to leave him out of your work, but you're focused on other things. And so creating specific time, maybe it's like right before you log on in the morning, or maybe it's halfway through the day. I think it's really beneficial to the day when you invite God to be working in that day with you, because like, he's not pushy. So if you, you know, if you don't think about him throughout the day, you might not you might not get those urges or those proddings like you would if you were to say like, okay, God, I want you here with me in this work day. I want you guiding what I'm doing. He's really faithful to do that. Even if your work doesn't immediately seem related to God, like I'm not speaking as a pastor. I'm speaking as somebody who works at a company and staffing. And I've still found the days where I'm intentional about inviting God into my workspace. He guides it a lot more than I think he will, or sometimes even expect him to. Awesome. Yeah, those are really practical things that I think people can do. And sometimes we just need that first step to get us started. Sometimes the hardest thing is just that, you know, the getting started phase. And then a lot of things just kind of flow naturally from there. So that, those are really good pieces of advice. Well, I know you, both of you are women who love to read and probably have a ton of <laughs> books that have influenced you. So I'd be interested in any books or other resources, maybe people that you follow um even music that you listen to movies maybe not hallmark movies but <laughs> I joke. um but just anything that has really kind of formed your thinking as a person of faith and if you have any resources that you know have formed you in a person of faith at work especially that would also be helpful for our listeners one that i'm thinking about that it's interesting that when I read it, I think it impacted the way that I viewed my work situation more than I expected it to is the book Deep and Wide. So we actually, mm -hmm. um, Lori, you recommended that one to me. And it is focused more towards looking at developing a church. But I think that the way that they describe how they're viewing their um, like demographic that they're working in was really interesting to me because I'm working in a demographic that's pretty different than the one that I grew up in. And so kind of getting some perspective in how this pastor who's writing views the like potential church members or potential church visitors even that he's working around has been something that I've thought about a lot both in work and just like people that you might meet out and about probably less now but like out and about at a restaurant or things like that it kind of it describes it in a in a different and helpful way I found that's awesome um I think for me so the something that I struggle with and people don't typically expect this from a nurse, but I am not like a naturally very compassionate or even emotional person. And so I think anything that I can read that makes me like have more empathy or compassion for my patients is helpful. Mm -hmm. And so a book that I read a while ago is called when breath becomes air. And it's not, um, 
I'm not sure even if the author is a Christian, I wouldn't recommend it like as a Christian book, but it's about a neurosurgeon who ends up getting um, terminal cancer and ends up dying from it. And it's a memoir written by him like right before he dies. And it's a really interesting look at it from a person who has been on both sides as a medical professional and then been a patient. And so it's not just saying like, this is what it's like to be a patient, but it's like, here's the things that you as a medical professional, like might kind of might not know about what it's like because he knows what it's like not to know them. Um, and then just like the way, just like the heartbreaking way that it is to go through all of that. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think for anybody who's like me, just like anything that you can like listen to other people's stories. And so that book specifically, I would recommend anybody read it, but especially if you're in the health profession, healthcare profession, um, just because yeah, it's really well-written and it's really um, impactful, I guess, so. Wow, that's awesome. I would think that that would be a really helpful book for a lot of people in your line of work and, and even outside just to give people compassion is really important. So here's my last question. I would love for you to give any kind of words of encouragement to the person at work, no matter what their faith background is, um, about why it's important to, whether you're a Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, atheist, agnostic, Christian, um, to have conversations with your coworkers about something that is deeply spiritual. Why, why do you think that's important? And um, why would you encourage people to kind of have those conversations, especially in a year like 2020? <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone is searching for some kind of meaning in life and some kind of purpose. And I have found like, even if you're working in a job you love, you there are days you don't like, there are days you don't love it. And that's if you're working in a job you love. And a lot of people work in jobs that are just jobs and not jobs that they love. And so this idea of, especially I think sometimes for new grads, you really want to find a job that you can just like pour yourself into. And this is kind of your idyllic view of like what the workforce looks like. And then that isn't always the case. And so looking at it from the perspective of other people feel that way too and are also looking for something to fulfill them. And that usually is found outside of work, um, whether we want to accept that or not. And so the fact of the matter is like, there are a lot of aspects of life that are more, that are more deep rooted or more, um, I don't know, more like ingrained in your heart than you think that your work might be. And so creating space for those conversations of saying like, let's talk about the deeper things beyond just this. I think that people are hungry for that, whether they know it or not. And so being able to be the one to create that space and like start those conversations is usually relieving to the other person who's been thinking about it, but maybe hasn't said anything. Um, and even if it doesn't go anywhere, the first time you bring it up, or even the first time you bring it up to them, I think being a person who is open to having those conversations really can kind of end up working like a magnet to others who are just wanting someone to talk to and they know that you'll talk about those things. And so it's not a bad like reputation or it's not a bad um, label to have at work, I guess, as somebody who's not afraid to go deep with a person and hear about what they're thinking about or what they're perhaps in 2020, like anguishing over. I don't, you know, there's a, there's a broad spectrum of what people are going through, so. That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a quote that I am not going to get perfectly right, but it says something like being heard is so close to being loved that to the average person, they're indistinguishable. Mm -hmm. um, I think that people are lonely, especially during COVID, but even without it. And so I think they really want that connection and they're probably not going to feel super connected if you're only talking about surface level things. Um, and so if you are, oh, like Megan was saying, like if you kind of take that first step and say like, hey, I'm open to talking about things that really matter, um, which sometimes the bridge to that is talking about your favorite TV shows, right? Like you don't have to just jump right in and be like, hey, have you thought about where you're going to go in the afterlife? But if you just like, you know, if you are the one who is willing to be brave and say, hey, like, if you're, I'm a safe space to have this conversation, if you want to have it. Yeah. Um, I think that that kind of takes the burden off the other person, because then they don't have to feel like they're the ones pushing you into a conversation you don't want to be having. Um, right. But if you're to open up the floor and just say, hey, I'm like here for you, and I am willing to listen to you. Um, I think that that means a lot more to people, even than they might realize. That's so good. Um, yeah, I think that creating that safe space is um, is a really good first step. And, and that just leaves the door open for anybody who might not have someone in their life that they can talk about these things with. And certainly we notice that here in the Silicon Valley, the loneliness is just really one of our biggest felt needs. And a lot of urbanites probably are that way. And certainly COVID has you know made that more exaggerated than before. So yeah, it makes me want to make sure I'm letting people know that I'm a safe space too. And um, same. <laughs> I mean, we're all struggling, right? We're all struggling spiritually, even if we're strong in our faith, we're, we're struggling in different ways. And um, yeah, people who had strong faith have had their faith shaken in 2020 in ways maybe they never have before. And it's just, yeah, it's good just to create that openness. I think God dwells there. I think that um, those are, those are moments that make us human, right? We have this side of us that we, um, we can express that common humanity with people when we, when we open ourselves up to those spiritual conversations. I've certainly benefited from those quite a bit throughout my life. And so it's a good encouragement for me too. Well, thank you, Megan and Victoria for your time today. This was awesome. I hope everybody gained lots of insights on how to be a nurse and work at Google and even other things. <laughs> Maybe even some ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Take care, ladies. We'll see you soon. Bye. Well, I hope you learned something today from Megan and Victoria about what it means to show up at work with your whole self, to be a person who allows what you believe to be something that you'd be willing to talk about whether you believe in God or whether you don't, that you would be open to having those conversations with other colleagues at work. I just think we have a lot to learn from each other. And for those of us who do have a faith, that you would feel free to not compartmentalize that, but you would bring it in its fullness to your workspace, not in a way that's pushy toward others or 
proselytizing or trying to convert people, but it's just a way to show who you are for the whole aspect of inclusion and diversity and what we can learn from one another. You know, like we said before a couple different times on this podcast when I've interviewed a few different people, it's like we say we shouldn't talk about politics and religion because they're too controversial. But those are kind of parts of who we are. So I love what um, Sandra Bosch said on our last episode was that we just do it in love. And when we end our conversations, it's, you know, talk to you tomorrow. It's not a way to have a fight with someone, but it's more just getting to know each other and really truly listening deeply to each other. So I hope that's something that you heard from Victoria and Megan. These are two women leaders who are smart, and really leading the way for us and the younger generation of young professionals that are in the workforce now kind of beginning their careers i think we have a lot to learn from them and i myself have learned so much from them from just listening i have a quote from dr rosalie beck who was one of the first or the first in fact religion professors at baylor university and she said god wants all to love their ministry whether sacred or secular and seeking god's will means finding out what we love and can do well Loving God above all else, the greatest commandment, enables us to look in all directions for our work. While God calls some folks to specific places and jobs, I believe God offers the majority of believers a number of options and is pleased when we follow our passion. So as we think about that today, you know, whether you're in a secular job or a a more religious job, either way, God has given us abilities and experiences and knowledge They all come together and converge into our work. And whatever work you're doing, I just encourage you to bring your faith into it and to just explore with God what that calling is for you and what that assignment is for you. And uh, I hope you're enjoying this beginning of the series. Next week, we're going to have Philip Trent. Um, He works at Apple. And if there's anybody who works on computers and it was just made to do it, it is him. (laughs) So if you're uh, into computers or if you're into anything that you just couldn't imagine how it could be something you would involve your faith with, listen in next week to Philip talk about it. Because when he works on computers, he feels God's pleasure. He feels that God has made him for just this and he has so much joy in it. So listen in next week for Philip from Apple as he talks about this and, um, And then I hope that throughout this week, you will be thinking about these conversations, having them with your family members, your friends, people who care about you. If you're one of those people who's exploring right now, maybe a career change, maybe this series is helping you explore that a little bit better. And maybe if you're one of those people who is wondering how you can show up at work and include your faith in your own thought process, just as you're doing your work, even just that part, hopefully the what we've talked about today with Victoria and Megan and what you'll hear about next week with Philip will be something that really spurs you on. And then the following week, we're going to have Eva Lung, who's my friend in Singapore. She's American, actually, from the U.S., from uh, born in Arizona, but has been living in Singapore for the past few years and uh, is a chemical engineer. And so she's going to also talk about faith and work in a couple of weeks. So recommend this series if you have anybody that you want to talk with about the whole faith and work conversation. And as you listen in, maybe it'll spur conversations on between the two of you. Uh, my, my joy is to be an encouragement for those of you around the world who are exploring this faith and work conversation, even during the time of COVID, which is super weird and super different. But what is the same is that we can still bring our full selves to work wherever we are and that faith doesn't have to be something that only is involved in our lives on the weekend, but it can be throughout the work week and it can really spur us on to work in better and deeper ways when we, when we show up with our full selves, especially the faith side of ourselves. So 
Stay healthy, everybody. For those of you celebrating Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.